Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. Well, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Fantastic to have you along today. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to this discussion about your role and RPM and uh, so on and so forth. Why don't we just get started with that? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing professionally. Cheers, Richard. Thanks, and, and thanks for uh, having us along today. Much appreciated. Um, I'm currently the regional general manager uh, for RPM, and that's uh, looking after the region we call Asia, Russia, and Australasia, and that takes in a fair amount of geographical landmass. So, right from the uh, tip of uh, Russia, bordering on Finland, right through down to the bottom of Tasmania, and all the countries and territories in between there. Uh, so in our business, that's looking after our operations. So from our obviously our sales and distribution agents, our technical pre-sales, but also our consulting business, which is one of the largest that we have in our group. So it's the operations arm that runs in, in all of those uh, those two territories, which is a number of countries. It also takes in a number of our offices uh, that we have uh, right across uh, that space. Wow, it's such a big geographic territory. It almost begs to ask. What our, what our part of the world isn't included. I guess the US is not included in that, but... Uh... Uh, excludes the Americas, and it also excludes Africa and Europe, Middle East and Europe. So okay. sort of in our business, we have the Americas, we have uh, Africa, Middle East and Europe, and the rest of the world, if you like, falls under my remit. And uh, I think once upon a time when the world was a slightly different place, it was a lot easier we would uh, visit our clients quite regularly, be in Russia, Kazakhstan and, and uh, Indonesia and India and the like. But uh, at the moment, there's a lot less time overseas, a lot less and a lot more time at home. Yes, uh, which uh, definitely has its pros and its cons. And yeah. so in that territory, being as large as it is, so, you know, how many people are in your team? Uh, we have just over 60 people in this team. Uh, as part of the bigger, wider company, we have 400 odd people at the moment in RPM. Uh, so, yeah, and then under that, under the management structure that I have, they have broken into what we call uh, the consultants, who are the ones implementing our software solutions, who are working with clients to on, on certain different projects and really maximizing the investment of the products that they, they own of ours. We have a customer success team who work really, really closely on with our clients to say, okay, you've got the software, you've implemented it. Now, how can we make sure that you're using it to its best capability? Uh, we have customer support teams. Uh, and then we also have our what we call our technical uh, pre-sales uh, teams that will work with people during an engagement where they're looking at the software and whether it's a good fit for them and design up the solutions. And then we have project management, project directors, and, of course, we have a a large sales distribution and some agents in there as well. Right. Okay, great. And for those people who aren't familiar with RPM Global, tell us a little bit about the business. Uh, RPM Global, as it stands today, is, is a software provider in the mining space. We're really focused on what we call advancing mining. Uh, we've got a long pedigree, a long history, we've been involved in the industry for over 40 years now. Uh, we focused initially on scheduling solutions and, and the economic benefit of of scheduling mine sites from the life of mine right down to intra-shift in, in a correct and optimal way. 
And we've expanded out there now to focus on simulation of different parts of that, also the financial modelling of that, uh, into asset management, which is really heavily linked if you think of the maintenance and also production working hand-in-hand -hand together in the influence maintenance and equipment has on your production, but also right down through the um, supply and the value chain. So RPM software suite has grown and grown and grown, particularly over the last uh, nine years or so, um, to have uh, a number of different uh, software suites. Right. Okay. Fantastic. Well, well, let's come back and talk a bit more about RPM uh, a bit later in this conversation. But for now, uh, I'm interested to go back to where it all began. So tell us a little bit about Michael. Where were you born? Uh, Mum and dad, you know, early years growing up. Uh, so I was born in Brisbane 40-odd uh, years ago uh, and uh, grew up here in Brisbane and grew up into a mining We'll call it a mining technology family. Um, uh -huh. My parents started uh, a small little business that was called Tritronics that really pioneered what was called then the dragline monitoring uh, system and uh, uh, that went across into Australia and really went global. So it was about real-time monitoring of big, heavy equipment and payload monitoring. And that's expanded into fleet monitoring, dispatch and high-precision GPS, all the things that today are just commonplace on mine sites back 20, 30 years ago when it's so commonplace. So, yeah, it was a small mum and dad business of 10, then 20, then 30. And as I grew up, I grew up with that and, and around my parents building that business. And I ended up working in that business for a period of time when, although I protested that a lot, I really wanted to go and do my own thing. You know, you want to go and do your own thing. You don't want to do what your parents are doing. And uh, I somehow, like a, like it was like a magnet, kept gravitating back towards <laughs> that and ended up there. So what did you want to do when you grew up, when you were at school then? Uh, I think originally I wanted to be a pilot, uh, which is ironic for the amount of time that I spend on planes, uh, or have been. Um, it's going to be a pilot. Uh, that was going to be the main thing. And then I ended up uh, getting through school and starting out in doing IT and getting right into becoming a programmer, which uh, ended up becoming a degree in uh, in business, international business and marketing, which is really a polar opposite ends of the scale there, but uh, it gave me a good understanding of the uh, technology base that I work with you. And so what happened with your family's business? Did they sell it or uh, what? Uh, obviously you moved out of it at some point. Yeah, so that business uh, was tracking, tracked quite well and it grew globally and it got to the point where, you know, as all businesses do, as a small business, you've really got to scale up and uh a company called Leica Geosystems, which many people will be familiar with. It's a pretty big brand globally. Acquired the business in 2003. Uh, and then Hexagon acquired Leica in 2005. I stayed with the business. Um, so did part of the family uh, right through. And we did some acquisitions uh, through that. And then I left in start of 2010 as that business was becoming Hexagon Mining. Um, so... It certainly lives on now. It's a much bigger entity. I think we went from 30 to 200 people and you know, triple five times, only 10 times the size of the business uh, through that time, which was really great to, to see that and, and to see it going to safe hands. Uh, Hexagon's a great company and they've got great people there. I know a lot of the managers there are running it now and it's good to see it's still living on and uh, doing very well. And are your parents still involved? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, they uh, exited the business. Uh, Mum... My sister exited, uh, you know, mum was on payroll, my sister was on reception, that sort of mum and dad business. And uh, they they exited 
quite early. Uh, Dad was still strategically involved uh, uh, through the late 2000s and then uh, they left and then I left. I was the last one to leave in uh, uh, early first month or two of 2000 uh, right. when I moved across to what was Rungi at the time. Right. And, and you've been with that business now for, what, 11 years? Yeah. So that was, I mean, that business was really on the technology side, but in the, we'll call it operations in the actual space. So for me, it was about doing something different and uh, working in a different business uh, and learning something new. And that was to come back onto the planning side. It's all good about executing in the field, but, you know, what the value for, for us was always in, in having a good plan to start with. So I took a, a leap back into there and uh, that was in 2010 and I've been here ever since. But it's certainly, I would say, a, a tale of, of two companies. It's been a, the company I joined and the company today are very, very different. And, and so what, uh, uh, what not motivated, but influenced that change? Uh, in the company, in the changing of the yeah. company? Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I joined uh, up, uh, Rungi at the time was still quite a um, substantial size business, publicly listed in 2008, had done a number of acquisitions, was growing the software side of the business, but primarily was a consulting business globally, had some seriously good engineering solutions um, and was looking for that next stage in its, if you want to call it, its, its journey um, in its life. Uh, around 2012, there was a change of, uh, of management, and you can also look at that from a, a change of, of investor profile. We went from a lot of probably uh, smaller investors to a lot of institutional investors that came in. And that change of management brought a change of strategy. Um, to, to stop freely, we were looking at what we would call desktop solutions, which the industry is full of really smart engineering expert systems that just work on their own. Um, the, the industry is littered with them everywhere. Um, and taking a new approach of using the new technologies, integrated approach, and setting ourselves up for where we wanted to be in the future. It was, it was ironic at the time we embarked on this, I think, a month before the industry crashed. So uh, it was probably a bit, a bit of poor timing, but we invested quite heavily then against uh, where the industry was to put us in a position where the, when the industry turns around, I mean, it's a very cyclic industry, of course, uh, that we'd have the... Um, the solutions and the breadth of solutions available for the client base, which is what uh, unfolded. Right. And, I mean, in that period that you've been there, almost 12 years, you've had quite a number of changes in terms of your own responsibilities. Looking at your LinkedIn profile, I think you've had six different jobs in 12 years. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about how that all unfolded. Um, yeah, talking in the first time, I actually came here to uh, initially you know, moved across to uh, stop traveling and uh, and uh, and learn from particular some particular management and uh, and sort of get settled for a little while. I was probably getting a, a little bit older and probably needed to uh, set, find myself in one place. And that's when I uh, found within the first six months I was in Russia opening an office. <laughs> and uh, forty odd trips later, uh, I was running the Russian uh, operations. And uh, some of those managers departed the business. So what I came here for initially certainly changed, um, but that was good. It really threw me in the deep end. And uh, I uh, then was involved in what was the technology group. So looking after some of the development teams at the time, we we're doing some offshore development. I was looking after some of the development teams there, but I was really more focused on bringing a, uh, a discipline to the product management, uh, which was there, but um, really probably maturing that because it was uh, in its infancy at the time. 
um, some really good people involved and we we're working on um, bringing that into the business. Um, and so working on that and that sort of expanded the role both in Russia but also into that area. Uh, and I think during that time, my previous roles I'd done marketing, so uh, marketing ended up a bit into my lap as well. Uh, and I was lucky enough, though, if you've got a good team there, I'm not saying you're head of marketing, you don't do anything, but when you've got a very good team underneath you, it's it's more about validating and setting a good strategy rather than having to get into the day-to-day stuff. So I had a good team there behind me. Um, I looked after some of the global accounts uh, as we started to get bigger. You know, um, you start to not just have one, one implementation or two software, or, or you get a lot bigger footprint in a lot of these uh, bigger clients and relationships become complicated uh, and that can be a positive thing if managed well. Uh, and we saw the need that we had to put a lot more focus in developing a global account um, program, which I was involved in heading up and putting that together as well. So I think uh, it was quite well-rounded in those positions. And then I ended up, I think, before into this role was running the product management. So looking at the product strategy, how we package things up, what we develop, looking at our roadmaps, who we partner with, uh, working in with the acquisitions that we would do as well, um, and then bringing that back out to the marketplace uh, and selling it through our distribution channels, which is, is our operation arm, um, before moving across into running uh, this, this big, large region now. Right. So uh, a bit of a, a whirlwind uh, uh, experience. And now sitting here today, you know, almost halfway through September 2021, when you're looking out towards the future, you know, what are the things that you're excited about for both RPM and also your own career? Uh, from RPM, I think the thing that I'm, uh, it's, it's kind of, a, it's, you're proud of, but at the same time, what I'm really, it links into what I'm really excited of. From that, it was Mine Expo, actually, ironically, it's just on this week, actually, around now, but uh, 2012 coming through, um, we, we look at that time to now, we've, we've brought out, I think, something like 30-odd, 30 five new products, we've invested 150 odd million dollars. And now those products are mature, they're working well, we're seeing some really good successes and you're really starting to see that growth accelerate. Um, we, we know how to implement them well, we know how to do projects well, we've got the infrastructure in place, we've got the global support teams in place. And that to me is really exciting as you're seeing more and more and more clients come on board and more and more clients actually seeing the value um, that we can deliver. So for me, we're in that upward trajectory that's going quite fast. Um, and we've already had, you know, we always get growing pains, but we've had the majority of our growing pains and learned a lot of our lessons. We've got the uh, processes and the systems in place to deal with them. So uh, uh, that's a good thing. Um, for myself, in my career, the region that we look after, I should also say in, in our business, we have a relatively flat management structure, particularly in the executive. Um, I've worked for the big companies in, the, in Hexagon and Leica and the smallest company from a, from a parent company. So I've seen that the, if you want to call it the, you know, cash is king and you've got to get everything in the door when you're working from mum and dad business to really big companies where to make decisions, there's 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 a lot of process that is and, and, and rightly so. And we sort of sit quite rightly in the middle, quite nicely in the middle where We've got a lot of cash that we have in the bank. We've got a very, very good strategy. We've got very good investors and supporters. 
and we can actually enact that strategy. We can look at different ideas and we can turn and, and go at them quite quickly because we've got a really good executive team who support each other, get on really well, but we work really well together. And uh, I think we, uh, uh, we're not burdened um, by either end of those scales that I was just talking about. So that's quite a good thing, I think, for our business, particularly where we are today. So we see opportunities, we can grab them. Uh, we learn lessons and we're not too proud to say, well, we didn't do that right, but we learn lessons and we can actually put the money and investment into making sure we don't repeat them again. Um, and, uh, and in terms of, obviously, we've been through this COVID experience over the last sort of 18 months or so, and particularly, you know, for somebody in a role such as yourself, where travel has been such a um, quintessential sort of element of the role, how, how are you seeing... Um, the way that you're delivering your service is changing and do you think that that change is going to be permanent or do you think that once we're back on planes again, things are going to revert back to as it used to be? Oh, geez, the amount of times that I've, I've thought that we're going to next month, maybe things might turn around is, is uh, <laughs> uh, certainly in, in differently different countries uh, uh, different strategies and, and some days countries are ahead, sometimes they're behind and, you know, there's been some really, really um, bad heartache for a lot of people, I think, globally. So we're certainly mindful of that. Um, we've seen the change in that. For, for, if you just talk about the implementation side of things, these systems aren't just simple systems where you, you download an installer and install it and off you go. Um, they're complicated uh, problems that we're actually solving. So implementations can take uh, six to eight weeks. They can take six to eight months. We're working right now on some really big projects that are nine to 12 months long. Um, and the teams are actually doing a lot of those remote. And, you know, you're doing 20 to 30 or 40 hours a week uh, via remote uh, video. And, yes, we're doing very well at doing that. But I still think, uh, uh, well, I hope that we do get to a place where we actually have a, a blended model where we do, do a, um, uh, we do have more uh, some face-to-face back again. Yeah. As well, so I think there is a place for remote that probably in the in the past we were very quick to jump on a plane and get in front of people, uh, and 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 the justification the bar of that will be raised, which is a good thing. I do think that sitting in front of people and discussing and talking and 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 having that interpersonal does solve a lot of issues uh, when they arise uh, a lot quicker than when you're trying to do things via or uh, well, lost in translation via Zoom or Teams or whatnot. Um, so, yes, uh, we have for us, we've set up particularly um, dedicated studios and dedicated technologies and equipment to support all of those in our offices right around the world to try and ensure that our communication is as clear and concise as it can be. Uh, but it certainly does present challenges when you're doing implementations remotely. And, yeah, I can imagine, you know, only eight makes it more complex with the fact that you're dealing not only with multiple cultures but multiple languages and, uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so um, uh, there is nothing like sitting in a room. Even though we're, we're talking on Zoom today, it kind of feels like we're sitting in a room. But, uh, but uh, okay, Michael, look, um, I really appreciate your time today having a chat about the business and about your background and so on. Uh, before we wrap it up, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about what Michael likes to do when he's not at work to keep the petrol tank full. Yeah, well, I've got uh, I've got two. I call them uh, two smaller kids. One's five and one's three. Uh, and the five-year-old's quite active in, in sport and whatnot, which keeps me active. And he's always wanting to help me around the place, around the house. So, uh, and sometimes that creates <laughs> more work to do. And then I've got a three-year-old who is uh, 
She is certainly a handful, and uh, <laughs> she uh, she certainly keeps it active. So I, um, you know, and you said that there's a positives and, and negatives about not being able to travel, but I think one of the positives being is that the time at home and having the continuity of family uh, has been fantastic, and uh, being able to spend a lot more time with them and going to the sport training and spending time on the weekends and and going away and doing a lot more time with the family, I, I've certainly really enjoyed. And I think that to me. And you, we, we certainly work hard here at RPM and, and, and you put in the effort, but uh, to be able to actually take some time out and spend some time with the family is certainly rewarding. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it has been a blessing in disguise and I'm sure that our children are very grateful for it, as are our pets, apparently. But anyway, <laughs> all right, Michael, well, look, uh, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate the conversation and uh, have a fantastic afternoon. No worries. Thank you very much, Richard. Really appreciate it. And uh, you too. Cheers. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Arate podcast with Richard Triggs. We frequently feature guests from organisations we are currently recruiting to build the company brand as an attraction strategy for candidates. If you would like to promote your organisation's brand as an employer of choice, please contact Richard directly on 0403 588 517 or via email richardt at arateexecutive.com.au. The Arate podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air podcast network.